Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Happy New Year to you. Oh, no, no. Happy New Year to you. I forgot. We're brown. Happy <laughs> New Year to you. <laughs> Happy New Year. Ooh, child, I forgot. That's the brown version. Call that a code switch. Happy that was a quick, <laughs> quick code switch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We have amazing news. I'm going to let Mandy say it because... Dun, 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 you know, numbers aren't always important, but we had one number in mind for 2019, and that was 1 million because we have been dying to hit a million downloads in a year. And this was our very first year. And you guys, we did it over a million downloads in 2019. And that is such a huge accomplishment. Our show is like the little show that could. You guys know we've been doing it for four and a half years now. And it has been entirely word of mouth. Tiffany and I are too busy to be doing any kind of investment in marketing, (laughs) like marketing and pushing our show. But you guys have been so supportive and we continue building our listenership. And it's just, it's beautiful. I love it. So thank you guys. A million. Woohoo. Yes, a million. A million, a million, a million, a million, a million, a million. Yeah. So honestly, that was awesome. When you told me, Mandy, I was like, what? So yeah, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. I was sweating it. It was like 997,634 on like December 21st. So I was like, Tiffany, uh, can you uh, share our show real quick? <laughs> I'm afraid people will not be downloading over the holidays, but you guys came through huge, um, huge surge at the end of the year. So Mm-mm-mm. so excited. So can we do two milli in 2020? Yeah. I think so. Two, two. Yeah, I think so. Why I think not? it's already ordained. Yeah. I could have said 20 milli, but let's just, you know, we talk yeah. about doable <laughs> goals here. Why not double it in 2020? Exactly. Ah, uh, so many things have changed. We have a baby, Mandy. How Our first. Oh, thank you. We have a. We finally have a brown ambition baby. Yes. <laughs> oh, how's the baby? Oh, he is. You know, a lot of work. That is what he is. <laughs> He's adorable. He's adorable. He's very cute. He's very. Um. You know, ungrateful for all the work we do. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> Um, the, I'm telling you like the, the, the face that he gets at like two, three, the crazy hours in the morning, just staring at me and sticking that damn tongue out. Um, like feed me, feed me woman. Um, that will haunt me forever. But, uh, and let me tell you, they don't get any less ungrateful because just this morning, uh, Superman and Supergirl were fussing. She's 13 now. Uh, the ungratefulness never stops because apparently oh we God. are, we are here to accommodate her and all the things. She two needs. weeks after Christmas, get out of here. I mean, when I tell you, he was like, did you brush your teeth? She's like, I think that you're bothering me a little bit too early in the morning. He's like, to brush your teeth? (laughs) 
She sounds like my husband, but uh. Oh my gosh, so it doesn't. Yeah, it can't stop, won't stop. Yo, kids never get. I don't think kids get grateful until they're like fully grown. So I can't. So you know. Well, I am definitely grateful for my my family um who've you know come and visited, and it's been a, it's been a crazy. So it's been six weeks since we had the baby. Um, thank you guys for all of your beautiful messages and all the love. Um, his name is Rio Francisco. If you haven't, if you haven't heard, um, I really fought hard for that, for that name and I hope I don't regret it, but I still love it. Um, <laughs> I hate you, man. <laughs> I fought hard. Listen, pushing that child out of my nether, I swear to God, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and the last six weeks have been the hardest weeks of my entire life, but I am alive and we are surviving and my husband's been amazing. We've had so much support from our family. Um, and you know, I'm, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're surviving, which is if anyone out there has, has a newborn, I've got some messages from people who have like four weeks old and eight week old babies. And, um, it's, it's crazy, but, uh. I'm just I'm grateful that I'm alive and we're still doing the show and I got a three hour nap today so I feel like yeah, a new woman right a new woman yes the things I can do with three to four hours of sleep I have now realized um I, you know I can I can like pretty much save the world is how I feel right now <laughs> um yeah grandpa my dad's downstairs right now watching him and things have been yeah I've got six more weeks this is what's stressing me out so Enrique went back to work today husband's okay. back at work so tomorrow, if my dad goes back, I am on my own officially for the first time solo through the whole day mm. um, with the baby. So wish me luck. And I've got six to seven more weeks of mat leave. Um, and if you guys have any, I don't know, all I'm, all I'm praying for is that by the end of this next six weeks, he is like sleeping through the night because I am stressed about, well, not stressed because I'm trying not to stress too much and just enjoy, you know, these early days. But I just think like, what is it going to be like these if i if i'm up every hour and a half through the night and then have to go back to work like what how, how does that how does how do y'all do that new moms like how does that work <laughs> yes please give mandy some yeah. some some yeah i honestly don't know <laughs> just tell me there's another side to this is how i feel but uh yeah so that was my entire holiday was just baby 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 so baby, how baby. have you been what's looking good for you in 2020 I've been good. Honestly, this was like probably one of the most chill holidays I had. It was our first Christmas in the new house. And um, yeah, it was really nice. I mean, I went crazy decorating. I don't know if anybody saw my IG um, tours where I showed no, you that. I, I had missed them. Oh, I want to see. I, what? I had a roof. Well, this was like a while ago. I had a, I had a wreath on every single door. And according to uh, Supergirl, quote unquote, I'm doing too much, which is just enough if you ask me. Um, yeah, we According had to my Midwestern tree. heritage, that is just enough, if not, not enough. <laughs> I know. Um, but honestly, I, I just, it was really nice because I didn't, I didn't really do any work. It was nice hanging out with family, friends, uh, Thanksgiving, my sister, um, Karen, she's the oldest and her baby, Lily and her husband, they, they came down. So it was the first time in years that all of us were together. So all the sisters, all the um the the nieces and the nephews, my mom and my dad, and then Superman's um uh, family, we were all together for Thanksgiving. So that was super awesome. Honestly, it's been great and pretty chill and we've been gearing up for um my next new venture, which is um my children's book, Molly Moore. It's finally literally done, done, done. And now we're just working on um, the marketing campaign to roll it out. So y'all should see Molly Moore in the early spring. But I honestly, I've been really thinking about it. I, I, I'm going to do a 
Kickstarter campaign for Molly Moore because one, a few things I want to do because one, um, I after doing some more research on like children and books, I realized that like the statistics for children from low income um, communities and books is really bad. It's like 61% do not have access to books and and not having access to books sets you up for a very hard life because books are not just about literacy. It's about comprehension. It's about exploring your horizons. Books help with counting. Books help with STEM. And so if you don't have books, you know, it just puts you in a really bad state. And I just thought I want to continuously be able to use proceeds from um, the sale to um, of Molly Moore, the, the first book and any book that comes after to provide books to um, communities with um, children from low income environments. Because if you can start a home library, that could totally transform the trajectory of your life. Even if your parents struggled, even if your parents didn't graduate high school or college or whatever, that having a home library can actually turn some of those statistics around. So, mm. yeah, so I'm excited. Plus, I two, that. I think, yeah, it's go ahead. No, I just, I love, I'm just the idea. I almost, I keep thinking about that girl. Um, was she from Jersey, Marley Diaz, who started yes. that thousand, what was it, well read black girls or? It's a thousand black girl books. Yeah, her, 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 her yes, mom. Exactly. Um, Janice is um is a friend of mine. I used to her Janice, her mom has a nonprofit that I when I first was starting the budgetista, I used to volunteer for that nonprofit all the time. So I'm like, yeah, I know them well. They they live two towns over. Okay, well, if you need a social media influencer, Molly, I'm just saying, I'm seeing some synergies here. <laughs> yeah, or she could like you know be the voice of Molly Moore, the audio book. I don't know. This is I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm gonna add it to Rio's yeah. library. I just, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to send you, I'll send you a nice, I send you a nice box. Or, so I'm just, honestly, I'm excited because it's just a, a new venture and I just feel really good about it. Plus two, like high key, I'm really trying to make sure that your kids have financial education in their life, even if you don't know how, because that, that's the thing, right? Most parents, if you didn't learn money at home, then you're like, well, how am I supposed to teach my kid? And so with Molly Moore books, they're at the end. There are extending lessons and questions to really help to drive that home because every book has what I call pre-financial education lessons, which is like counting, math, learning about um, giving, learning about service, learning about community. These are the foundation for financial education. So it's age appropriate for three to seven year olds. And so then I show you how do you extend that lesson as a teacher, as a parent or aunt or uncle. So it's like everyone gets to learn. So, yeah, it's just I feel like everything that I've worked toward has built up to this, that the budget Nista was not the end goal, that truly it's this, because I, I really believe, you know, I'm a teacher at heart. And so to be able to teach financial education from like early stages on throughout with all that I do with my life, I think it's just, so I just think it's like my life's calling. I know that like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and wait till y'all see this. She is so beautiful. Wait till you see Molly Moore. So in a couple of weeks, we'll be dropping I'll be dropping the book cover um, so you can get excited. Oh, if you mm-hmm. haven't already, mm-hmm. um, she has, a, um, if you want a sneak peek, actually, I have not shared this anywhere, but I do have an Instagram page for Molly Moore. It's M-A-L-I, like the African country, underscore more, M-O-R-E. So at Molly, M-A-L-I, underscore more. And you can take a sneak peek of the cover. Please follow the page. I'll be doing updates and stuff there. So you, I, I posted the cover. I might delete it. So hurry up. Cause I was like, I was just testing out if I was able to post on a different um, Instagram page. So take a look while you can. Okay. Well, at least give them until the show airs. Yeah. Don't delete it tonight. <laughs> some angry listeners. So exciting. So is that your 20? I'm just thinking about my plans for 2020, which is hard for me to see anywhere past 
going back to work right now, but mentioned like kids and finances. It's also like with parenting, of course I have a six week old, so all he needs is poop and, you know, food. That's all he cares about. But it's also like, when do you introduce concepts of finance and what's appropriate for a child? Um, that's what I, that's what I'm like wondering how early is too early. Should I even worry about it until, you know, they're, you know, what, like what age and, and what age is appropriate and like how much you cover and, you know, cause you don't want to like, I don't want, my, you know, I've talked about before, like there was financial insecurity and financial anxiety in my household that I don't think my parents intent, intended to make it that way. But, you know, you just, I absorbed all of that energy and what I'm trying to change, like flip the script is to sort of create financial positivity because I think yeah. my own fears and anxieties around finances really held me back. Um, especially when it came to, to, um, to, to trying things like investing and even just saving, like I live from this, this mindset of like money is evil and money, um, you know, if you have money, then you're greedy, uh, you mm. know, and people who have money are like, you know, there's like a, there's just so much negativity around it and I had to change my own mindset and I want to, I would just want to have a household where it is, it is an empowering thing and, you know, we use it for good and we use it to grow. And you know what I'm trying to say. And no, and I do. And I just a lot don't of know what the roadmap that. is for that. I'll say like, you know, as a former preschool teacher, I'll say that typically around the age of three, sometimes as early as two, because like my, my niece Amelia is two and she's speaking. And so, so, but what pre-financial education looks like, I would say two to four is not, this is a dollar. This is how you use it. That's not what that is. It's Amelia. You don't want to share with Roman. Roman is my my her brother and her um her uh, he's four. So pre financial education lessons are like they look more like morality lessons, um like sharing and mine versus yours and more and less. You know what I mean? Um, pre financial education lessons are also it's also numbers and counting. So you're likely going to be doing a lot of that anyway. But intentionally, I forgot all about counting. That's important. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And people don't realize that even when it comes to counting, like, for example, Molly Moore, the book, it rhymes. And it seems like, oh, that's cute. It rhymes. No, that it was intentional for it to rhyme because rhyming is a precursor to counting, right? Because think about it. Like, if you can go, um, um, or even just keeping a beat, right? So if you can do, like, um, cat, bat, sat, that's like what I'm showing you is that each of those individual things are like one beat, one beat. So now you could say one, two, three. And then so when I was teaching, that's one of the reasons why the ABC song has like this kind of like rhythm to it, because what we're really teaching children is like this like spatial relation in their mind. A, B, C, then one, two, three. Then what is one? Oh, this is one apple. Oh, this is what two apples look like. So everything kind of built on top of each other. But that's what it looks like. It looks like by two, like, you know, singing songs. It looks like, you know, by three, teaching them about sharing and giving and not everything belongs to you. So that's something Amelia's having a very hard time with right now. Right. And then by four, um, it looks like uh, taking responsibility. So Roman is in preschool. And so at four, he will have a school job. Most preschoolers have like a school uh, job, meaning that like there's usually like a little board where it says his name and then Roman sets the table or he picks up the blocks today, whatever. So he's learning responsibility. Like this is what I'm responsible for. So that's a pre-financial education lesson. And what I did is I took it further. And this is what I plan to do um, when I have my, ba- my bambinos. I took it further in 
imagine that not only is that your quote unquote school job, but I'm going to pay you at four or five. You can start to do that. I'm going to give you monopoly money. And for a job done, you get a dollar. For a job well done, you get two. And if you don't do it, you don't get any money. And then by four and five, we can you can create, this is what I used to do with my classroom. We would create savings boxes with shoe boxes. And we would talk about what does it mean to save? And what are some of the things they like? Oh, I like candy. I like this. Do you know how much those things cost? And, you know, like sometimes mommy and daddy, they um, or auntie and uncle, you see them with money. What does that mean? So now you have a job at school. I'm paying you this money and you're going to be putting it every day into your savings box. And then every Friday I would go to like the dollar store and get like little tchotchkes. And then they would buy the things that they wanted from with their savings box money because I was teaching them this correlation between work a job well done, savings, spending. There would be the things in the store that would be more than what they, they could possibly make in a week. Because if you got paid $2 a week maximum, that's $10 for the week. So there would be things in the store that were $15. You know, maybe I'd make a teddy bear, $15. And you they would have to learn that some kids had to figure out, well, if I really want this teddy bear, then that means I don't get anything this week. And learning even that was like some kids, no matter what, they, they spent all their money every single week. And you got some kids that understood if I want this teddy bear, I'm going to have to not spend anything this week and then save it for next week. So you see how it builds on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think well, like when he's really, really little, it's just really singing and counting and rhythm and rhyme and, and then learning how to share um, and that everything does not belong to you and less and more. And like you'll no be screaming fine. matches with mommy and daddy, like over the <laughs> kitchen table about Bill's got it. <laughs> Easy like, enough. I grew up in a household. I, my dad did a great job teaching us about money in a way that I wasn't afraid. It was the recession that taught me fear, not my parents, because my dad was very matter of fact. So he didn't give money any extra energy. It just was. Hey, by the way, you know, this this thing happened. And so I'm sharing with you what happened. So your mom lost her job. Oh, no, no, it'll be fine. You know, your mom is smart. She's going to find another one. But it means that, you know, jobs pay money and Christmas is coming and gifts cost money. What does that mean? It just means that we're going to have Christmas in in January instead of December. Oh, okay. But there was never any inflection of this is some bad, terrible thing. It just was. And I think that was probably the best thing he could do versus making money a good or bad thing. It was just a neutral thing. And he was just kind of like sharing the news. And so that's how he approached money when he was teaching us about it. Like the light bill is too high. That's the news. What can we do? And so because of that, I grew up with a really healthy relationship with money. Like I said, the recession totally took me out because I, you know, it just was such a devastating time, but I was able to go back to or close to my healthy relationship with money because I had that foundation. So that's another thing too. I think it's as parents, not, not giving many money, um, emotional energy. It just, it's, it's a thing. It's a tool. It's, it's not, it's not the goal itself. Yeah. And, and for me, my, 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 my first and foremost goal is to, I don't know why I was, I was overthinking a little bit how to start saving for, for Rio. And I'm just, all I've decided to do is just open up a Roth IRA right now, like a custodial IRA, and just start putting money in it each month. And like, don't stress about what I'm investing and just get some mutual funds and just do it because like something is better than nothing. Um, and we, I, do, I know we've gotten questions from parents um, over the years we've been doing the show on how the best way to save and is it 529 versus Roth IRA. The only reason I decided to go with the Roth IRA is just because it's a lot more flexible 
and I don't necessarily have to use the money on college expenses. Um, so if something were to happen and we needed to tap into it earlier, it just seemed like um, it seemed like the better option. And also 529 seem a little like I understand Roth IRAs. I understand how to open one up and how to choose investments. And maybe because 529s, I'm a little less familiar with it. Just the, you know, the, the idea of needing to research that space and find the right account and all that seems like it takes more energy. And right now I'm just like done is better than perfect. And a Roth IRA makes sense. And I can easily just open one up alongside my Vanguard account, you know, and call it a day. And then number two, my goal is life insurance. Because mm. for those of you who have like, you know, I've always had my life, my um, insurance through my employer. But you know, you can't really take that with you. And it gets harder to well, life insurance gets more expensive as you get older. So some people recommend getting your own life insurance policy. Also, it's only a certain amount. So it may not be enough for, you know, to really sustain your family if something were to happen to you. Um, so I have started to shop around for life insurance. And fortunately, there are sites like Value Penguin, Quote Wizard, um, mm -hmm. Policy Genius that make it pretty simple to shop for life insurance. I've honestly found I, I used all three of those to to try and find a, um, a to start shopping for a policy. They kind of gave me the exact same company. So I don't know um, if it's, it's probably based on where you live, what's what's available to you, but it seems pretty simple. And that is that's starting to that that to me is one of the more important things is like if something were to happen to me, I want to be sure that he is okay and that, you know, there's no change to his his, you know, his luxurious lifestyle <laughs> in the suburb. Yeah. I'm uh, telling you, like, you know, insurance is definitely like this critical, obviously. Right. Thing Forget that the onesies to and the toys and all that crap. Yeah. Life insurance, yes. Yeah, it's crazy how like things that are important to you, like when you're older, when you're like, who cares about insurance? And now you're like, ah, baby. <laughs> I care. My my baby. I just want him to be okay. Listen, I got this book called Good Moms Have Scary Thoughts. I highly recommend it to anybody out there. If you need a gift for your a new mom in your life, it is amazing. Because um, honestly, the first thing you think about is, what if I die? <laughs> what if husband mm -hmm. dies? It's it's dark, but it's true. And you want to, you just, yeah, you have this real urge to like protect and to, to set you know, your child up for success if you weren't to be here. And then of course you cry a little bit and then, you know, it's all the emotions, but, um, yeah, that, that's the goal. That's my little baby goals for 2020 and career wise. I don't even freaking know. I just need stability for the next, you know, several months. Hopefully I can get back into a flow with work. Um, and I'm, I'll share with, you know, you guys on how that's going. Just I I'm yeah. Anyway, let me just get through the next six, seven weeks. Um, yeah, yeah, being home first. Yeah. I would say like my, um, I haven't really set any professional, professional goals. I'm actually having a vision board party next weekend. Um, I have one like every year, usually oh, it's like my sisters okay. and like one or two friends. Maybe um, I should do a vision board. Yeah. I just, cause it's, it's less for the, like, you know, like the mushy, like, you know, thingy for vision for the board itself. And more so it forces me in the moment to really kind of pull out. What is it? How is it? Do you see your life unfolding this, this year? So it really helps me to pull out of myself. Um, cause I'm like spending this moment, this time to do so. Um, I would say, uh, personally, I feel like in the best place I have in a long time, personally, like great family, great friends. Like I'm, I'm for the first time in, I don't know, in my adult life, every single one of my core relationships is in a good space, like parents, friends, family, like, you know, the people I interact with regularly, it's, it feels awesome. You know, you don't realize that 
that's not true until you start like working on things. You're like, oh, I could really be better with Supergirl. We should hang out more. Oh, I could really like call my mom more, you know, but I'm in a good space with everything. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't, wow, this feels awesome. There is no internal dread when it comes to any of my core relationships, which is, which is great. And then professionally, I really think that Molly Moore, because the book is going to be about 22 bucks a book, I think, give or take, because, you know, we're going to be doing some of that money will be going toward um, donating books. But I really think I did the math, like what would it take for Molly Moore to make seven figures in its first year? And it's about 46,000 books. I think I did the math, which I think we could do, you know, like I'm like, I've got a pretty good size audience, 46,000 times 22. Yeah, I think that we have like half a million dream catchers. Get out of here. Yeah, well, Easy you know, that everybody, everybody doesn't, you know, buy. So, but I think that that would be crazy to be like, you know, I'm like, wow, if I can make Molly Moore get to seven figures in its first year. But I think the biggest thing that I really want to accomplish professionally by the end of the year is, um, and now it's more than feasible. It's going to happen is that I've been saying for since, uh, December, 2018, my team and I set forth what we call our big audacious goals and the, the one of them was to get the um the, the get the team on average to six figures a year, meaning that some of the team members that um like our lead team member might make our lead team members might make two fifty and then maybe customer support just coming in entry level team member might make twenty five dollars an hour, which is about equivalent to about twenty five thousand dollars a year. So how do we get? that range, you know, like, what does that look like? And how much does the companies have, how much do the companies have to make? And I was talking to my CFO today, our new CFO, shout out to Shanta. She's amazing. And, um, wasn't this going to be your boost? No, I'm going to do a different boost. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry so- to interrupt. Go ahead. I just wanted to stop you in case, cause no. I'm like, we need to do a whole segment. It needs to be a thing. Okay. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and so, um, I'm excited that like, cause I thought before, like I would have to make like $20 million a year, which I think we'll get there, but I don't know that by the end of this year. Um, and she was like, no, she's like, I've done the math. And quite honestly, basically everyone would have to, uh, well, I'll just give the number. So for, I have three core companies. It's the Literature Academy, which makes the most. The Literature Academy would have to make, I think she said six and a half million dollars. Um, and so last year, 2019, we made like 3.5. So basically double, which we've been doubling. So that's not crazy. I was like, okay, great. The Budget Nista would have to make 1.5 million so the budget needs to, I call it for my, my poor neglected baby in that the budget needs to is like Tiffany hitting the road. It's like speaking. And so I don't do that as much. So I think the budget needs to maybe pulled in, I want to say 700,000 last year of like speaking and books and things like that. So us making 1.5 is more than feasible, especially since Molly Moore is under the budget needs to. So if Molly Moore just by itself brings in seven figures and the budget needs to brings in half a million, which would be less than we made in 2019, will be more than on track. And then my marketing company, which was super neglected, the marketing company is just our internal marketing company. Companies come to us and say, hey, we see you love our thing, share our thing, and we'll we'll pay you per person that sign, signs up. And so with that, that company was actually in the negative because although we made, I want to say maybe 250000 or something to that effect, but we spent more because of marketing itself, like paying for ads and things and then, and then staff. So that company, I just said, if we can get to a positive, maybe like 50 or 60,000, I'll be happy with that company. Cause that company drives a lot of the other things that we do. So on its own, we don't look for it to be a big money maker, but 
making 6.5 in one company and 1.5 in another, that's more than feasible because it's, like I said, we've already been doubling our income. So we were right in alignment. And the goal, when we made the big audacious goals in 2018, the goal was always by the end of 2020 to get to that big goal of six figures uh, per person, um, like on average, depending on like what role you have. So the fact that we're like within range, I'm like, yay, because I mean, I know the people who work for our team, they don't work on our team for the money because we don't, I don't pay what I call a competitive salary yet. Because just because your company makes a lot of money, there are a lot of expenses. And now with this, we can pay a competitive salary, like what you would make, maybe even more than what you would make at like, if you were to be working at a similar company. And so I can't wait by the end of the year to be able to get my team to that because they are amazing. They deserve. And I, I want that, you know, like, they're, I know they're here for the love, but I want them to know that, you know, like if you go someplace else, you, you would still be making the same amount of money and they won't even love you as much as I do. So I'm excited about that. Like that's my big, big, big push for 2020. Business is, whew, child. It's just, just when you're just like, you think you figured it out. You're like, what now? Some months you're just like, what? We did what? And other months you're like, oh my God, like we have a loss. A lot. I didn't know. I was like, what? The marketing company didn't make no money. Yes, we did. They're like, you spent more than you made. I'm like, oh. So. <laughs> well, for those of you who, who listened to one of our, I think one of our best shows of the year was one of our last shows. That was actually our last real new show of the year was, you know, we talked with Tiffany in November. And if you guys want to go back, it's episode 198. Check it out. We, I interviewed Tiffany about basically how did she start the budget Nista, the, the real, the real, real story. And when did she start making money and how did she start making money? And I mean, those early days when you were making 50 bucks a pop for at home financial uh, budgeting sessions. And to, you know, now you're like employing how many staff, like your business is how has grown so much. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, 20, it was a long people. It has been. It's been 10 years of a long journey. Don't let these people fool you that. Don't get me wrong. There are definitely people who are like, boom, here, one, year two, they're making a million or or whatever. But that's just not the average story, you know? And it's okay. It doesn't have to be the average story. It's like somebody losing 20 pounds in two weeks. Some people do that, but most people are literally losing a half a pound to a pound a week, which is normal. And so I just want to normalize the process that it's good, it's hard, but it's possible, but it's typically not going to take you like, for example, this is what somebody will say. Molly Moore is likely to make a million dollars his first year out. So the deceptive me will say, I wouldn't do this, but this is what somebody would say. Oh, my God, my business made a million dollars his first year. But you and I both know that Molly Moore is only going to make that million dollars his first year because of 10 years of the budgetista. And so it looks like, oh, this new venture on its own is making this money. But it, that's not really true. It's all of these years of work that led to the ability of this company to make this amount of money in its mm -hmm. first year. And so that's what you're not seeing oftentimes in some of these people who are sharing that something that they created is making a ton of money right away. But yeah, because they've also they've had previous businesses or previous work that'll set them up for that success. So your ten years starts now if you haven't started already. So get get to it. Yeah, and I mean it's the tip of the iceberg situation, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oof, twenty twenty is going to be the year. All right, guys, be back in just a minute. We'll take your first questions of twenty twenty. Be right back.
Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. question time i don't have my normal usher question so i'm gonna find a new song that has the word questions in it so i can annoy you guys with that song instead so for now it's question time love it well i hit up i went old school you guys checked my email inbox because we had a ton of uh questions coming over the holiday you guys were busy thinking about your finances in 2020 um so let's see let's remind folks how do you send us a question hit us up brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to Instagram and find us at Brown Ambition Podcast on the gram. Send us a DM there. Um, be sure to keep your questions succinct in the gram. It is very hard to scroll and scroll and scroll and read and read and read. Um, but I love that you guys are sending us more questions there. Also, our website is still around. You can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click mm-hmm. Ask Us Anything. All right. Our first question of 2020, no pressure, comes from listener Anna, who has a question about investing. Here's what she says. So far, Anna has $33,000 in online savings, $10,000 she's saving for a car in the future, $14,000 she's earmarked for emergencies, eight and a half for repairs, vacation, and investing, and also $135,000. Is she trying to make us jealous? $135,000 in a 401k from my previous employer. Oh, and an additional three k in LFS. So I'm sorry. Where are the problems here, Miss Anna? <laughs> She says, obviously, I'm a super saver, but I need to invest. My question is, do you think, do you two think I'm covered with savings and can start investing with money I will earn? Or do you think I should invest with some of the money I've already saved? If the latter, where should I take the money from? Please note, I am 39 years old and married with a dual income of about $80,000 annually. That's really impressive with that, with a dual income of 80K. She's 39 years old. And has, let me do the math real quick, 30K in online savings, 10K, 33K. Oh, that includes 10K and then 14, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about $170,000 she's awesome. managed to save. That is fantastic. So $33,000 of that she's got in a, like a regular bank account, online bank account um, in savings. Let's just assume it's online. So she's earning like 1% to be safe. Mm-hmm. And then she's got 135K and a 401K from a previous employer. So she wants to know, basically, should she start tapping into that 33K and investing with that? Or should she just start investing with her future earnings? Um, and on top of that, she does she's dabbled a little bit. It sounds like she's got $3,000 in Elevest, which mm-hmm. we've talked about Elevest before. It's, a, um, it's one of these new kind of robo-advisor um, mm-hmm. funds, but it targets women specifically. Women. Yeah. So it's, I think I want to be clear. Uh, what was her name? Anna? Anna. Yep. 
So I wouldn't be clear, Anna, like, you know, your money in LFS and your money in your 401k, sometimes people don't think about retirement as invested, like invested funds. Those are invested funds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that just to be clear, the only funds that are not invested from what I could hear is the savings, the 33,000. Yep, exactly. You know, so I would challenge you to look holistically at your finances, um, because it sounds like to me that you are already saving for retirement. If you were putting away your prerequisite of like 10 to 15% toward retirement, you don't necessarily have to boost that up. Uh, but it sounds like you're kind of doing that already. I would look to see, am I insured enough? To Mandy's point like earlier, I don't know if you have children, um, but that was one of the things when I sat down with my financial planner, She, I was severely underinsured because I set my insurance when I was in my 20s and I never kind of did anything else. And she's like, girl, you are not 22 anymore. You need more insurance. So one, make sure that you have like enough insurance. So like homeowners insurance, um, if you have a home, renter's insurance, if you don't, um, do you have enough of insurance for life insurance? Um, should something happen to yourself or, or your spouse? So really looking at your insurance, am I fully insured? And then if you are not setting aside 10, and honestly, because you're a woman, I would say upwards of 15% uh, away for retirement, you can start doing that with some of that 33%. Because I don't think, I'm not sure what you do for a living. You don't need more typically than more than three to six months worth of expenses saved liquid like that as cash. Um, because you're really losing money when you're not investing money. I think that's, I wish people understood that more. I didn't at first. That money in a savings account is literally losing because if for every dollar they're giving you one cent, but because of the of um, something called inflation, which means the devaluing of money, that money can't do as much as it used to every year, inflation is about 3%. Um, so for every dollar, you're gaining one but losing three. So that leaves you at a two penny loss for every dollar for that money you have saved. So that means that that $33,000 is worth less and less over time. So I don't want you to keep so much money liquid. Like I had way too much money liquid. And so. Um, yeah. And just a reminder. So of that 33K, she's earmarking 10K for it to buy a car. So buy a car cash. Okay. 14K she's earmarked for those emergencies. And she's got eight and a half thousand that she's thinking of using for investing, but also it's kind of her vacation fund. Um, so with that eight and a half K, I mean, she's got, yeah, it sounds like, so she, yeah, it sounds like she knows, okay, I have too much in my savings account. It's time to kind of okay. break this up. I don't know. Would you, would, would you take money? Well. Yeah. Would you take money out of that savings or would you have her like keep 33 K in the bank? Because I was just doing some quick math. So she's got $80,000 of income, at, you know, combined with her, her husband, um, or partner right now. So if you're following that, you know, six months worth of income kind of, well, six months worth of well, expenses. Expense. Yeah. I mean, 14 K could be, you know, plenty for emergencies and she could take that, you know, let's say break off a piece of that eight and a half K and save that for vacations and, you know, have a recurring savings to keep that funded. And I would, I feel like she has enough to just go ahead and max out like an IRA, you know, the, what is the mm -hmm. annual contribution in 2020? I don't want to mess it up. It's usually around mm -hmm. like 6,000, right? It was, yeah, it was six. So let's see what it is. Cause she's the uh, max uh, IRA contribution 2020. Cause you're right. Cause every year it's different. It is. Da, 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 da. Oh, well, oh, oh, it doesn't say, oh, you mean Roth IRA? Yeah. Roth. Sorry. Well, no, uh, an IRA no. Roth, whatever. Yeah. I guess Roth. Um, it is six, uh, 6,000. Yep. It's still 6,000. 
Okay. So, I mean, you could start, you can take 3000 mm-hmm. get that half invested and then, you know, set up savings to, to max it out through the end of the year. Um, but that's a, that's, that's an additional way to invest. But on top of that, like Tiffany said, you've got over a hundred thousand dollars in your 401k, make sure that you're well diversified and that, yeah. you know, your money's growing at a, at a, um, at a rate that seems reasonable and you're not, I don't know what you're invested in, obviously. Um, but, you know, being 39, you can still heavily invest in stocks. You have, mm-hmm. you have a long time horizon. So take a look at what you're invested in your 401k and make sure that it's diversified properly for your age and your time horizon. Um, and that 3k in LFS, that that's all well and good. Maybe you want to take that, um, you know, and start adding a little bit to that as well. But mm-hmm. and look at the target date funds when it comes to your, cause I, I feel like you should always invest for retirement. So I would invest for retirement, like, like, fairly conservatively based upon like, you know, my age, yada, yada. So I, I, I invest and think about 20% because I'm an entrepreneur. And then anything above that, then I have Angelie, my financial planner, invest for wealth. And so investing for wealth is we're a little bit more aggressive than I would be because I'm 40, right? So that means like, okay, retirement is taken care of. And God forbid this wealth investment doesn't work out. I'm not going to eat cat food because I've invested for retirement. So I would consider like looking into like, what is investing for wealth and what it might look like? You know, maybe that's a target date fund and you could do target date funds through your, um, through like a, a, a Roth IRA. That's just, you pick a date that you're going to want to take this money out and it kind of balances itself for you every year versus how much money it has, um, invested in like a, a more conservative vehicle like bonds or a more aggressive vehicle like stocks. And every year you get closer to the target date, the, your investments become more and more conservative so you can preserve the capital, the money that you put in. So I, uh, yeah, I think you're in a good spot. I just, it sounds like to me from that eight, you probably have a good, cause vacation shouldn't cost more than like $2,000. Um, you probably have a good 6,000 to, to, to Mandy's point, just open up a Roth IRA and throw it in there. Um, or add to where you have Elvest or maybe, uh, I, I don't know that I would just be in, investing in loose stocks. Um, if you have not done that before, but definitely putting it sounds like to me, putting $6,000 toward investing in something is a good idea. Yeah. All right, Anna, thank you very much for your question. Let's keep this financial advice uh, theme going. And just as a reminder, of course, Tiffany and I are not investment advisors. We're not professional financial planners. So, you know, consult your own experts for expertise. We're just telling you what we might do based on our shared experience and what little details you guys share with us. So hopefully we got sue your mama, not us. (laughs) Your mama. (laughs) No, not your mama, your grandmama. (laughs) Sue some, anybody else, anybody but else, anybody but us. Um, all right, let's take a question from listener. Am I going to pronounce this right? Is it Sean? Oh, anonymous. Okay. Anonymous listener. She says, I have, I'm assuming it's a she, I'm a new listener and have really enjoyed catching up on your show. Thank you for all your due. Uh, my family, my husband, and we have a toddler and I have had a lot of change in the past year. We moved from Phoenix to North Carolina. Everybody's moving to North Carolina. Um, We have new jobs, a new house, and I was recently laid off from my job earlier this year. I was working, I was without work for six months, and thankfully I just found a new job, but we're now feeling the effects of the financial hit we took this summer, and we're thinking we'd like to start working with a financial planner, especially before we start on baby number two. Do you too use a fee or no fee financial planner, and why? Great question. That's a, that's a huge, huge year plus a job loss. My God. So, I mean, congrats for coming, for coming through it. And I'm glad that you finally have a new job and 
Oh my God, baby number two. Um, so I personally have fee or no fee financial planner. There's not really a thing as a no fee financial planner. Um, but there, yeah, yeah, but there's fee based and fee only. So there's planners. It's basically the difference is how they charge their fee. So some planners, especially if they help you invest, they might add an additional percentage, like, and take a little bit off your returns on the investments that they, that they, um, that they recommend for you. They put your, um, savings and investments into. And then you have some planners who will just charge you a flat fee for every time you have a conversation with them or mm-hmm. every time they make, you know, put together a financial plan for you. You know, there's some planners you can just, you can go to them and just say, you know, I want a retirement plan, a financial plan, um, which is usually what financial plans are. They're like a retirement plan. Um, and that can cost, you know, I don't know, thousand bucks, $1,200. It depends on the planner. You just pay one fee and that's it. If you want ongoing investment advice, you're probably looking at someone who may may take a little bit of a percentage of your returns or someone who just charges, again, a flat fee um, for their their services. I don't have anyone managing my investments, so I've always just used a fee-only financial planner. And basically the way that it works is every time we schedule a call with this planner, she charges us a flat fee. For me, it's been about $200 depending on the contents of the call. Um, and, and how much we're going to cover and, um, you know, uh, how much she's going to do for us. And that's works for me because I don't need, and we don't meet, we meet when we want to meet. So honestly, I think we had maybe three meetings last year. I haven't talked to her in a while. This is Helen, right? Yeah. Helen. And we've interviewed Helen on the show before. Yeah. She's awesome. I just didn't want to quote her fee because I've used her for a while now and I'm sure she's more expensive (laughs) as, as everyone is raising their rates. And also too, it all depends like what, so I, like I, when I was interviewing folks, I, I used to have the fee base, which is, um, I didn't have the money when I first started off to pay anyone out of pocket. So I didn't really pay out of pocket. Well, sometimes you could pay out of the pocket for the initial plan. And that's sometimes around like a thousand to $1,200 for the initial plan. But then I didn't pay like for the quarterly meeting or anything like that. They were my, my original financial planners were getting paid percentage of my portfolio. Um, but then I, once I had enough money to, to pay someone, I switched over to a uh, fee only. And so now I have Angelie. So I interviewed a ton of people and I, I interviewed, so actually my, my top three, are, it was Angelie, it was Helen. I interviewed like 20 people, Angelie, Helen, and another young woman that were my top three, but I ended up choosing Angelie because she specifically focused on people who had multiple businesses and everyone else that wasn't like one of their core, core focuses. Um, and so I was looking for someone who guess is going to help my husband and I as a couple, but then also the fact that like, okay, Tiffany's got three businesses and what does that look like? Because I also too want to like be able to offer my employees like benefits and things like that. And Angelie, that's something that she does as well. So you're wanting to make sure that whoever you're choosing, that you share kind of like your holistic, like financial life, because that way they can understand like, are you someone that I can help? Like if you're a teacher, there are literally financial planners that I interviewed that focus on teachers or some that focused on doctors and lawyers. So there's a, a great number out there, but I pay Angelie a lump sum fee because there's just so much going on that I had to unpack a lump sum fee for the year that I pay, that I pay monthly. And we meet in the beginning, we were meeting like every month to get like, it took like, I want to say five months to get all the paperwork together. So me, her and my husband and her, her admin, we met every month. And, and as things like slow down, we probably will still be meeting at least 
four or five, maybe even six times this year because there's still a lot to unpack. And then after that, it'll settle into like quarterly. Um, but yeah, and it was not cheap. I mean, I don't know if you guys want me to share them out. How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't mind. I always want the numbers. Tell us how much you spend. <laughs> Unless, if you're comfortable with it, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, well, you know me, girl. I'll be telling all my business. <laughs> but um, so it was. It's it's. It, but it's also. I can write this off because she's helping the business. It's fifteen thousand dollars for the year. Now, normally you'd be like, no way. But because I can write it off, it's a. I spoke with Carlos. I spoke with Angelie. It's a business expense. Um, because um, a large part of what she's doing, like so, um, Angelie. I actually was just reading an email between her. So Angelie, the financial planner, Carlos, who's what I call my big accountant. And um, Shanta, who is my CFO, my chief financial officer. So they're constantly talking and making decisions financially that benefit the company, myself, all of that. So, so to me, I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know that I would have jumped out the window for fifteen thousand if it was Tiffany, just purely out of my pocket. But because it was like a company expense that there's a company can shoulder. And but when I tell you, it it's. It's paid for itself times 10. I was really like, what? Well, she was literally the most expensive. At every other I interviewed, she was the most expensive, but it has paid for itself already. It's been an amazing experience. So, yeah, and that's, that's a totally what, different kind of uh, financial planning than someone like, you know, someone who's just like, oh, me, my husband, my family, you know, it, exactly. it's just, it's like a business financial planning package. That's, that's interesting. I mean, and that mm-hmm. sounds like, I don't know, sounds reasonable. Not having a business myself sounds reasonable to me. <laughs> but but yeah, but like looking for to, here's what I'll say that as you look for a financial planner, the thing that really helped or financial advisor, that the difference between a financial planner, they typically holistically let your life. Like Angelie was gathering, like, girl, this insurance, do you want to leave them with nothing? I'm like, no. So she's looking at everything. And then typically a financial advisor is really helping you specifically with like investments, typically. So like and they're typically selling you things like your, you know, like my insurance. Like Angelie doesn't sell anything. So she will advise that here's the kind of insurance that you should should get. You, you want me to suggest some, but you need to buy it and then come back to me and show me that you purchased it. So Angelie doesn't sell me anything. I've already purchased her advice, not her a particular service. I mean, well, not a particular product, um, which is like what financial advisors usually do. They usually have like products to sell, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing that really helped me was I created this doc. And honestly, I'm going to create like, a, I keep saying this because everybody keeps asking. I'm going to create like um a template of this doc that I created, Manny, that was so great in that I put all of our financial business on there, my husband and I, like our dreams, our goals, how much we make, how much we have, it, if we had any debt, you know, anything, just everything, but I organized it. And that's what I sent to potential financial planners and advisors that I was interviewing. So somebody would say, I know I have someone, Helen, she's awesome. I would send Helen a, like a template email. Hey, Helen, my name is Tiffany, looking for a planner. Here is the doc. Um, and like with like where I currently am and where I'd like to be, if you think that it, it's that you can help, I would love to set up an interview. And so I sent that. And what that did was it helped me to not leave things out because as you're interviewing financial planners and advisors, you're going to want to share kind of like where you are and your goals. But I didn't always remember, oh, I forgot to tell this one that I'm working on this. And I forgot to tell that one that my husband is doing that. So with that doc, it helped me to be able to compare financial advisors, apples to apples. The most helpful thing in finding your financial planner advisor, for me anyway, was creating that kind of like all money stock that, that I sent out to people and use it as a stepping stone. So then when we got on the phone, we were discussing the same thing, which was this document. And like, yeah. You have to be all the way honest with your financial advisor, like the good, the bad, 
uh, the ugly. And um, yeah, I just found it to be helpful. I'm, I am going to eventually, like, I, I want to create a template. So I, obviously my information is not in there. I could pull out my numbers that people can kind of use and put in their numbers. So because people ask all the time, how do I find a financial planner or advisor? And that was the first time I did, did that. And because um, I've been looking for one for five years and just failing miserably. Every year I would have somebody and it wouldn't be a fit. And now that doc helped me to find who I have now. And she's an amazing fit. And I really credit it to that document. Yeah. And I just found my financial planner through XY Planning Network, which I think is still around. And there's also the National Association of Personal Financial Planners. They have, or sorry, National Association is NAPFA, National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, it might be. And they um, only have fee-based planners and you can put in your zip code and, and look around. Obviously, like personal referrals are awesome too asking around to friends, asking around to people who seem to have their lives together if they're using a planner. Um, and definitely interview. We interviewed like four or five different people. And, you know, you want someone who's not going to talk about money first, who's going to ask you what your goals and your ambitions are and your, you know, what you're looking for, like Tiffany said, um, before you even sit down with someone. That's a really good sign. You've got someone with your, you know, best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. All right. Thank you guys for your questions. Again, Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on the gram at Podcast, or you can go to our website, brandambitionpodcast.com. So this is this, uh, this is a Drew Hill song, right? Are you gonna boost? Mm-mm. Or are you gonna break? Cause I'm gonna boost. Like that's um, what song is that? <laughs> that's a song? <laughs> Sounds like you're constipated. You, oh no, yes, no, it's, it goes, some, it's somebody sleeping in my bed. Do you want him or do you want me? Cause I want you. Some wow. of y'all gotta be like, wow, Tiffany, that need, that melody is not quite what Cisco was singing, but you know what I mean. It's aggressive. Are you going to break? I am going to, I'm going to keep it positive looking to 2020. I have a lot to boost, but I wanted to, obviously for the last six weeks, I have been tied to the house. I have not left at all. And I have been all up on my phone, taking advantage of all of the apps that make my life easier. So quick shout out to first and foremost, Whole Foods delivery service. If you guys, you know, you have a Whole Foods in your area and they deliver through Amazon Prime. I don't know how Amazon makes money, but they still do free delivery. And I can order, I can get groceries within two hours, two to five hours typically, um, like same day. And it has saved my butt in so many different ways. And maybe Whole Foods is a little bit more expensive, to be honest. Like I never shopped there before they had this free shipping on Amazon and it was so easy to shop online because it is a little bit more expensive. And I'm a Trader Joe's kind of girl, but Trader Joe's does not deliver and I don't have time, nor can I even leave the house for longer than a couple hours. So shout out to Whole Foods Delivery. Shout out to Amazon Prime. And I mentioned them earlier, but I mentioned I was shopping for life insurance and I'm using a few different websites because of course you want to compare rates. So I'll just do a quick extra shout out for um, websites where you can compare not just life insurance, but other types of insurance too, like auto, um, renter's insurance, et cetera. So the sites that I've looked at are Value Penguin, Quote Wizard, and Policy Genius. And um, I've kind of, it's they're all basically using the same format. So it's fun. It's nice for me to kind of shop on all three and see what they give me back. So shouts out to anything that saves you time. And for any parents out there, if you guys have any tips on 
on things that have made your life easier and have automated your lives or made it easier just to like function day to day, I am open to all of your advice, all of your tips and tricks. One thing that I've done is meal prep, my final boost. So my dad has been in town this weekend. So I took advantage. I made a crap ton of food for the week and I ordered like Amazon sells these bulk kits of like, you know, divided um, BPA free plastic containers and like, you know, three divided sections. And I'm just like packing them because the hardest thing is like even just bending over to microwaves because our microwave is down low. I've realized like just bending over with a baby MR is hard. So I'm trying to make things as easy. So I am actually like fed myself and taken care of. So meal prep, whole foods delivery, you know, anything that I can do to make the day-to-day a little bit easier. And if you guys, like I said, have tips, holler at me. No, I think that's got me. I always think, what do people do before you could like order everything? Listen, it's like, it's a curse. The internet has been a curse and a godsend through this entire (laughs) six weeks. Let me tell you that 3 a.m. You can really scare yourself into a frenzy thinking that either you're going to die or your baby, that that bump on your baby's face. is like something that's, you know, it's just, yes. So without the internet, I think this would be a little bit easier, but it'd also be a hell of a lot harder. So Mm -hmm. blessing and curse. Well, I am going to boo some... I told myself I was going to make like um fitness and like wellness overall, not like necessarily losing weight or whatever, although I could stand to lose 15. Um, but I was going to make that like fitness to really be a priority for 2020. And how do I do that realistically for myself? And um, I don't know, out of the blue, like so Superman has like, he commandeered the full basement as his quote unquote man cave. There's like an open section where like we have the, the where which I guess it was like the laundry room, but there's also like this big open space. And then there's a section behind a door, which is truly his man cave. And it's like where he watches movies and yada, yada, yada. So the open section, like he's like, oh, this is my game room, but there's nothing there but like one chair and a TV. I'm like, this is nothing. So I asked him in my wifely way, hey, boo, can I have the section and turn it into a, I told him I wanted to buy a treadmill. And I was like, okay, I guess I can bring it upstairs. And he was like, no, that's not going to make sense on the hardwood floors. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. But I was waiting for him to offer his basement. And he was like, it should go to the basement. I'm like, you know what? It should. Um, so that's exactly where it is. And then slowly but surely, I started moving on in. I got like Matt. And um, does he realize what he just gave um, up? Because wasn't that your nego- <laughs> wasn't that your bargaining chip to get the designs that you wanted for the house? Was that he got the man cave? <laughs> and now you're yes. slowly. This is this is a wife. <laughs> You are a wife. I know. Slowly taking I it am. back. I, so weird. I know. <laughs> I'm like, and he's actually, I thought that he was going to be like pissed about it, but he actually, because he realized, like I said, it, it's good that this didn't happen in the beginning, but now that he's seeing like how he actually uses the house, he realized like, honestly, he doesn't use the other side. We, it's just open. There was nothing there. There was like some like two like Ikea, random Ikea office chairs from my old office. And he has a TV on the wall and like, um, like some of his console, like he's got like a PlayStation or whatever. But when I tell you, the only time he plays games are when we have kids over and he's showing them how to play games. So he's not really a game person. And the room wasn't big enough for a pool table because with a pool table, you're supposed to have like, he really wanted pool there, but you're supposed to have like five feet around each side, but it wasn't big enough for that. So it was just basically empty. Um, So now I've got a treadmill down there and I've got mats. And um, I was like, how do I tell him I want to order more things? So I just showed him, like, I think we should get this rower. Look how cool it is. And he looked at me like, oh, here we go. So I ordered it. It's coming tomorrow. Um, oh, you're going to get a Peloton bike? No. that because I, 
I know it's hella expensive, but I have been yeah. honestly, because there's no way I'm going to the gym anymore. And I'm like, Peloton bike, you can put that in a corner. And that, I was like, people kept telling me that, but I said, and not to say I would never, but I figured, so I'll give you the breakdown of the cost of everything I bought. So the, it was in total $1,200, which I think is fair because that's about two years worth of my gym membership. I have an LA, LA fitness or one of these memberships. And I did the math and it was two years worth of memberships, of, but like- I wasn't using Anyway. Is that like brand new equipment or did you go on Craigslist or Facebook? No, no, brand new. So okay. I was like, so yeah, the, the treadmill was uh, $5.99. It's a Nordic track. And it was like, I, I got it from Amazon. It was like five-star reviews, yada, yada, yada. I love it. Um, the rower, I, it starts with a J, Jotto. I don't know. I'm not familiar. But either way, that was five-star reviews. And I haven't gotten it yet. It comes tomorrow. And the the rower was around $350, maybe like $355, $360. Um, and then the, I wanted this dip station cause I don't like doing abs on the floor because I'm, I'm the type of person that's always pulling at my neck and I don't know how to do them right. So there's a dip station is like this thing where, and I love it at the gym. You put your back against it. You put your like elbows, like kind of like in an L position and you're holding onto these like pole things and you lift your feet up. And then you could also do pull-ups and all that kind of stuff. Although I don't do all of that, but that's one of my favorite machines. And then I also got like some free weights, like for Christmas, I asked for like a yoga mat and some like a jump rope and free weights. So all together, the dip station, I think was like 150. So you figure um, $100 for like the mats and the free weights and stuff like that. Uh, 150 for the dip station, 350 for the rowing machine and $600 for the treadmill. It's about, it was 12, about $1,200 is what the gym cost. And I did the math and I forget my membership. It was like maybe like 45 bucks a month plus wherever, is it LA Fitness? I don't remember. But um, one of these fitness places, they, they also charge like a hundred dollar, like annual random fee. So after doing all the math in two years, it's about 1280 is what that membership cost me. So I feel like having this home gym and I've been going every morning. I just, I told myself 20 minutes on the treadmill, like just do that 20 minutes on the treadmill stretch. That's it. And then I'll do that for a week and I'll, I'll build on there. Um, so I'm excited because I'm like, I have this gym. It's right downstairs. There's no excuses. Even if I miss a day or a week, I can easily get back because it's right downstairs. And for me, it was an investment that I'm happy about. So that is my boost. It's like really, I really want to invest in overall wellness. Yes, I'm all, I would love to lose like 10, 15 pounds, but ultimately that's not even what it's about. I just feel like I don't get enough movement. Um, you know, like working from home, I'm sitting a lot. And so this is just a great space because what I found is that like, I'll watch TV and I'll, sometimes like it'll be 30 minutes and I'm like, Oh wow. Cause I've watched whatever, or I'll listen to a podcast. Um, and what I really love is that when I wake up in the morning, I can look totally crazy going downstairs. Cause at the gym, you have to look reasonably reasonable, but like literally I can have like lime green sweatpants, you know, like a raggedy, like, you know, a tank top with my sports bra and my hair could still be in a bonnet and I can go work out and I keep my sneakers down there. So there's no resistance to working out because I don't have to leave. I don't have to get in a car. I don't have to warm up the car. I don't have to look cute. I just go downstairs. So yay. Hopefully you will, you know, I don't know. I'm like, I'm really happy about it. Like this morning I was on the treadmill, like, look at you, Tiffany doing things. I love the idea of a dip station. Although I'm thinking like quesadillas, like, like guacamole, <laughs> like some salsa. That's what, <laughs> that's where my mind, some spinach and artichoke dip station. <laughs> that's a whole different kind of dip station, but no, that's great. Good for you. Just feel good. And honestly, yeah, I don't like putting pressure. I've, we've all fallen into that trap, the numbers, whether it's like, I'm going to save a million dollars this year. Like probably you won't, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds this year. Like just 
one day at a time, people. Yeah. One day at a time. My goal is just to, I should move every day. That's it. That's like, mm. that's, if I can do that, like whatever movement looks like, I want to move every day. I don't always feel like going for a walk. Although I like walking, I don't always feel like it. So I'm like, well, you have a treadmill downstairs, get on it. You're going to have a row or a row. You know, you have your mats, whatever, stretch. Like you sh- I want to get in physical, act, purposeful physical activity every single day. And I feel like if I do that, like I look at my dad, he doesn't go to the gym or anything. He's 75. But since we were kids, he's always done like, like physical activity every day, whatever that might look like. And, you know, he's 75 and healthy and strong. And, and I want that for myself. And that comes from consistent effort, not the surges of effort. Like that's not where real change is made. Change is made in daily consistent effort. Um, and typically it looks like small things. So if you can do that, if I can commit to 10, 20 minutes of small effort, then like your girl's going to be good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Love it. All right, we did it. We recorded a show. I have a baby and we did a show. <laughs> we did it. Uh, not at our usual time, but we did it. That's okay. You know, I'm flexible. I'm like, maybe whatever. That's our baby. What, what do you need me to do? Right? I feel like we're co-parenting. <laughs> this child, co-scheduling. All right. Well, thank you guys again for all the love. And we will be back weekly. Um, so wish us, wishing you all a happy and healthy new year and just happy to be back. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.